I'd like to focus tonight, just like the, the email I sent all of you today, is to go back and to reflect the teaching of the Canaanite woman with the message from our Lord of August 6th. In light now of what each of us has been living this past month. So if you have your journals with you, your paper, it's important that you write. It's important that you take notes. And also, I've been doing of mine this week in light of this teaching, what each person has been living. The beauty of the way the Holy Spirit works is that the teaching is the same for every single one of us. But it's totally unique. Every single person lives it in a completely unique way with the circumstances of life that God has each of us in. So it applies to everybody. Therefore, this should be the work that every single mother and missionary of the cross brings this month to their accompaniment. So the questions that we're going through tonight is what all of you have to move through with your accompaniers in spiritual accompaniment in this community. Okay? So let me begin by refreshing your memories of the message. The Lord said to us, this is a time of an outpouring of grace for my little mustard seed. You are each being given the grace to be transformed into my living host to bless, release from bondage, and set free countless souls. See yourselves as my warriors riding out into the horizon. This holy fleet is the light of God's love that has the power to cast into hell the spirits of darkness that are now covering the earth. My triumph will be a great triumph accomplished through the most hidden force of God, the hidden martyrdom of my sacred heart and the immaculate heart of my mother. Respond by suffering all with me in my sacrifice of love. Respond with courage and zeal, believing that God has chosen you to participate in the triumph of my crucified love 
to save the world. Believe that as my warriors, the hidden anawins of God, you have mounted your horses and have begun to fight the great battle for the salvation of the world. Remain steadfast in living daily what I have taught you. Do not be afraid for my, the triumph of my sacred heart through the immaculate heart of Mary is close at hand. Usher in the triumph of our two hearts. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to take this message in pieces, applying it to what we've been living this month. So the first part, I'm going to focus on these lines of the Lord, in which he says, this is a time of an outpouring of grace for my little mustard seed. You are each being given the grace to be transformed into my living hosts to bless, release from bondage, and set free countless souls. So the first question for each of us tonight is this. In the past month, since the Lord told us this, what grace did I receive this month to help my transformation into a living host? Everybody should write that down. The grace is usually a profound piercing, a storm that was unexpected. Okay? So I'll give you a minute. Um, this is work that you'll do in the Blessed Sacrament and with your accompanier. I'm going to give you some examples of my own life tonight. The next question. Was I able to see this piercing as God's grace? Or, like the Israelites, did I enter fear, doubt, discouragement, anxiety, and grumbling? Okay. Many times we read the words the Lord gives us, but the message remains disconnected from our lives. For example, in accompaniment, I would ask everybody, do you remember what the last words the Lord gave us? And I, I'm to blame because when I went through the storm that the God permitted this last month, I did not have this message present in my heart. And I think a lot of people in accompaniment 
couldn't even remember exactly what the Lord said in this last message. And the Lord, as I prayed this week, my Lord, what do you want us to bring to the cynical? Because I think every cynical is so important that God has a plan for each cynical. I felt through the accompaniments of the week that what the Lord wanted was to tell us, I, like the Israelites, am leading you, I'm speaking to you, I'm guiding you, and most of you don't even remember what I say to you. So that's why we had to go back and relive this together. We read and then forget. We receive a teaching in the community and then forget. The messages and teachings like the path need to become flesh of our flesh, one with us. Until this happens, in every mother of the cross and missionary of the cross, we are not transformed into the living path, a living host. When I first received this message over a month ago, I never imagined that the grace of transformation the Lord was speaking about for me was receiving a Category 5 hurricane that was heading towards the city where I live in Miami. The grace during the hurricane that I felt I received from the Lord was to remain calm, to trust, and to be resigned to God's will through the hurricane. I have to tell you, in the last teaching on the Canaanite woman, in one part of that teaching it said this. It was speaking about the Israelite people. They are not able to believe that God will do the impossible with the impossible. Fear becomes an obstacle to faith. The spirits of fear, doubt, and discouragement quickly spread among the entire community. It's amazing how quickly fear, confusion, and discouragement, and despair can spread throughout a group of people. We live that in Florida. We witnessed how quickly fear in everyone could lead to confusion, could lead to discouragement, could lead to frustration, could lead to paralyzing you. It was, you could feel it in the air everywhere, the anxiety, the tension among everybody. Most of us really felt that most of our things where we were going to lose most of our homes, the waters would come in. So 
when we were had to evacuate I, in my home, I was in a, an evacuation zone. I had to make a decision: do I stay or do I go? It was really hard because I never felt the Lord telling me to leave. But like a mama, I, I kept looking at my grandchildren, my pregnant daughters-in-law, and I just took all of them and left. But the level of tension and confusion, the lack of prayer, the church is all closing, all of a sudden, the Eucharist was no longer available to us. Those, the chapel, our moments to go and pray were gone. It was constant work. And in that environment, it was so easy, so easy to lose focus of the Lord. It was so easy to forget what we've learned and to just be swept away in that mode of tension and, 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 and there was so much to do. And, and so all of this was an incredible learning experience, I think, in preparation for all of us. So the question for everybody becomes, what is the grace you received this month? What trial, what piercings, what pain did God bless you with? You see, that's the grace. Let's go on to another part. The second part. It says to us, see yourselves as my warriors riding out into the horizon. This holy fleet is the light of God's love that has the power to cast into hell the spirits of darkness that are now covering the earth. My triumph will be a great triumph accomplished through the most hidden force of God, the hidden martyrdom of my sacred heart and the immaculate heart of my mother. God has chosen you to participate in the triumph of my crucified love to save the world. The white horse, my family, is an allegory for a spiritual reality. The grace, the storm, is what mounts us on the horse. The question for us is, as we look back now, because this is how we learn, this is how the Lord forms us and prepares us. Was I able to mount my horse with the particular grace I received? As I personally now reflect, I realize that for me, the hurricane was not so much the grace to mount the, my horse, but more the trial by fire of my faith. The grace personally for me to mount my horse was the pain I was living 
as I witness the lack of faith and hope in some of my family members, how many souls I love do not have a living faith established upon a personal relationship with Christ. Therefore, when the storm came, some were falling apart through anger, bitterness, frustration, and even sarcasm towards faith, hope, and love. Living in close quarters for a week with so many people, I was confronted with many faults and disorders. Therefore, what mounted me on the horse was the pain of the wounded hearts I was seeing all around me. That put me on my horse. But now the Lord said something to us. We need to see ourselves riding out. So the third part of the message, the Lord tells us, respond by suffering all with me in my sacrifice of love. We ride our horse as we respond, as the Lord told us, suffering as one with his sacrifice of love. Believing that we have been chosen by God to fight this holy war for the salvation of the world. The question for us, as each of us meditates the grace of the piercing we received this past month, were these words from our Lord contained in this last message? present in our hearts while we lived our storms or did we forget i needed to ride my white horse by receiving the piercings of the lack of faith and indifference from those that i love so much and choosing to suffer with jesus in silence and love and with perfect faith that this hidden suffering in Christ is setting many free from bondage because that is what the Lord promised us. The fourth section of the message. Respond with courage and zeal, believing that God has chosen you to participate in the triumph of my crucified love to save the world. Believe that as my warriors, the hidden Anna whims of God, you have mounted your horses and have begun to fight the great battle for the salvation of the world. The Lord has been very specific with us concerning demons we must each fight against as his hidden victims of love. Recently, he mentioned to us the demons of lust, pornography, shame, pride, arrogance, and fear. A question you must each ask 
have I been able to recognize the demons I personally am called to fight against through the piercings I have received? I personally realized that I was battling the demons of pride, arrogance, worldliness, and indifference. The first thing I had to do, I had to repent. I had to repent from frustration, anger, discouragement, and the desire to separate so that I could remain on my horse in battle. This is important, my family. Satan wants to throw each of us off our horse. I had to bring to the foot of the cross everything in my heart that was not pure and from God and suffer the pure pain. That is how I could remain in the battle on my horse. The minute I gave into discouragement, frustration, or separated myself, I was thrown off the horse. I was no longer in battle. So I had to remount. And this is the same for every single one of us. The other thing I learned after all this happened, for us to remain on our horses in battle, silence is of the essence. Without silence, we cannot enter the pure pain in Christ, which holds the sword of the spirit. Listen carefully, my community. Without silence, we cannot enter the pure pain in Christ, which holds the sword of the spirit. Without silence, we lose our weapon, our sword. Without silence, we fall, like the Israelites, into grumbling. When I didn't maintain myself in silence, during the storm, I immediately could easily be grumbling, complaining, talking about some of my family members to others. I mean, it's, it, it's, our, it's our natural human tendency. Also, through distractions, Satan will attempt to disarm us of our power. When we're doing this work of fighting, when we are on our horses through the grace of a storm that God has given each of us, Satan is going to try many tactics. Another one is like I'm telling you is distractions so that you cannot enter the silence of the pain of the situation he's permitting. You might be distracted to want to do more work, distracted to want to do another project, distracted to finish whatever we're doing on the computer, 
distracted to do another apostolate, distracted to get busy. And actually what we are called to do is the opposite, to enter the silence so that we can remain in the pure pain of what we need to suffer with the Lord. The Lord told us this holy fleet is the light of God's love that has the power to cast into hell the spirits of darkness that are now covering the earth. Do each of you know through the situations you're suffering, what are the demons you are called to fight against? You need to speak about this in spiritual accompaniment. This is a real battle, my family. We are real warriors. We are an army of God, and we need to learn how to fight well. We're not going to be the best for the Lord if we're a community that have all fallen off our horses <laughs> and are on the ground. The beauty of community is that when we do fall off our horse, there's another community member that's going to help us get back on. And one of the beautiful things I'll tell you now that we experienced during this hurricane that we had without even planning it, a chat, a text chat of a few mothers of the cross in South Florida and Maria. And it was amazing because one would say, I'm struggling, I'm falling into anxiety. And then the other ones would respond and get her back on the horse and help each other remember what the Lord told us. I can't tell you the power of this chat among a few mothers of the cross, how it encouraged us, how we each kept on our horses through each other. Little, there were little text messages. They weren't long emails. It was amazing, the sense of humor of some of them, how we would laugh, how important humor was to get us focused again. This is why we're community. This is why we're a community. We're not a community of, of a social community. We're not even a community of apostolic work. We're community to help each other maintain each of us on the horse to fight the battle with Christ. That's why we're community. Because each of us are so little and so weak and so poor that none of us in this community could ever maintain ourselves on the horse alone. And that's why we're here together. And we have to be so thankful to God. I can't tell you how grateful I was to my sisters through that little chat. So those, thank you very much <laughs> to all my sisters. And I included for you in the teaching Message 102 and 104 on silence in our path. In message 102, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just a few sentences it tells us. Silence 
allows you to embrace fully the sorrow of your heart. Silence allows you to enter fully the sorrow I am permitting in your heart. As you embrace this pain and suffering, you are embracing me. You are embracing my pain, meaning Jesus's, and suffering and thus entering my heart. For my heart is all pain and love. That is the power of God's love. 104 in our path says, Silence is your soul in communion with God. It is in silence that you come to hear the voice of God. It is in silence that you come to see the face of God. It is in silence that you come to feel the touch of God. Silence is the embrace of love between a soul and God. I feel there's something very important for us that I learned. And that is when we have to undergo a great trial that we're all going to have to live the whole world because it's been prophesied. It's in Revelations, the book of Revelations. It's in the Gospels. One of the hardest things to maintain when an entire city is in chaos and in tension and in fear and confusion is silence. And as a community, if we haven't entered into this interior silence, which is not just there's a difference between silence and just being quiet. That deep interior place in each of us where God dwells. If we haven't entered that place and have entered God, which is silence, it will be extremely difficult. I would say probably impossible in a time of a great catastrophe that we will all live for us to enter. But if we are already living in that place of silence, which is God in each of us as living host, no noise like Maximilian Colby will be able to take us out. There's a book that a few in our community have been reading, and I feel that this is a movement of the Holy Spirit and love crucified. In fact, Zilkia just handed it to me as, as, as a gift. The Power of Silence by Robert Cardinal Sarah. It's an amazing book. I just started reading it today. This is something important for us. I don't know if it's in Spanish. Father can find out. Okay. The fifth point. Yes, it's in Spanish. Great. So now the whole community can have it. 
<laughs> the fifth point. We learned about five virtues of the Canaanite woman that are needed for steadfast faith. We should know them by heart. The first one, vulnerability. The second, perseverance. The third, giving homage. The fourth, faith tried by fire. And the fifth, faith that has the power to cast out demons. The questions for you to ask. How did I live these virtues during the storm of my life? And what self-knowledge have I received about myself? I just want to go through a few of them that I thought were important. The second was perseverance. In that teaching, there were three important things, places of perseverance the Lord told us. He said to us, persevere in prayer. Persevere in wearing the crown of many thorns. And persevere in love by suffering all as one with my pure sacred heart and the pierced immaculate heart. How have we persevered in our storm? The third one was homage. The Canaanite woman says, Lord, help me. During the storm, seeing my weakness, did I come to the Lord in homage saying, Lord, please help me. This is impossible for me, but for you, nothing is impossible. Was my every breath gratitude to God for the grace of this storm? The Lord taught this community. The prayer of gratitude and thanksgiving should be your every breath. I need to grow in this area because I have to be sincere. I was not thanking God for every single trial and every single difficulty and every single challenge during this storm. The Lord in that teaching, I also spoke about number 115 where the Lord said, when he said to us, when we come to experience all the good and what you perceive as bad as a gift of my love for you. Could we see in the midst of the hurricane that God was allowing this hurricane as a blessing to this to these cities, a blessing to this country, a blessing to my family? Because through all of it, it was. It brought us closer together. It united all the men that stayed behind in Miami and my family. They had an incredible bonding of son and father. There were many blessings. But at times during the storm, it's very hard. But we have to be thanking God during the storm. Faith tried by fire. 
the question for us to ask, how was my faith tried in the furnace of the sacred heart during this trial? I really believe that all of us that lived Hurricane Irma, our faith was purified. Our faith was tried in a fire, and we've come out, all of us, stronger because of it. What seemingly harsh words from others set me off and brought me into anger, doubt, and discouragement? That's an area of great self-knowledge. In the teaching of the Canaanite woman a month ago, at the end of the teaching, it said this. To have the humility and faith of the Canaanite woman is rare. We, too, must be transparent before God to recognize through self-knowledge how our hardened hearts continue to be like the Israelite people. We must understand that we are in a process from hearts like the Israelites to hearts of great faith and trust like the Canaanite woman. God is promising us transformation into living host, and we must be receptive and docile to this process. Each of us were living a process this month. Can we see the process? Can we see the areas that were weakened? Can we see the virtues we need to grow in and pray more? That's why I feel I needed to enter the book of silence, an area I need to grow in. And I'd like to end by saying a few words to our community in Colombia. The Pope's visit to Colombia was a great grace for all of you, for all our Colombian brothers and sisters, and for the world. It is not by chance that the community of Love Crucified is in Colombia. Father Jordi has traveled throughout South America and Central America, giving many retreats and conferences. And yet the Lord did not send Love Crucified to any of the other countries. But why did the Lord want Love Crucified in Colombia? God has a plan, my family. And God brought this mission and this path to Colombia because it's his will. The Pope did something very important in Colombia. The Pope named the wounds of Colombia one by one. It's important that our Colombian brothers and sisters write down the wounds of their country that the Pope named. We have learned in our path the importance of naming the wounds. These wounds are in the hearts of all the Colombian people, as Sandra Calderón, Juan Carlos, and Lillian reminded me of. 
the mothers of the cross and missionaries of the cross in Colombia have a special mission. Because they have been granted by God the healing of these wounds through the teachings of our path, they must now live their hidden martyrdom as one with Jesus and Mary's, watering the seeds that were planted in a multitude of hearts with the Pope's visit. There is a danger in Colombia now. Like the gospel tells us, many of those seeds that were planted in so many people that went to hear the Pope can be choked up in rocks, in the thorns of their lives, in the busyness. It's going to take victim souls every day that go to Mass and unite the sufferings and your crosses with the blood of Christ and beg the Father to pour that union of blood of Jesus Christ and his victims, past, present, and future, in the heart of every Colombian man, woman, and child, so that those seeds do not go to waste and bear fruit for the country of Colombia. So that the will of God for the world through Colombia can take place. This is important, my family, my Colombian family, our Colombian family. And we as a community need to be one with our brothers and sisters in Colombia praying for this also. We cannot forget that God in 2014 gave us two prophecies for Colombia. He gave us this years. He was preparing this little mustard seed of victim souls before sending his Pope. That is so important. Do we see, are we attentive to how the Holy Spirit is working? I'm going to end by reading the two prophecies to Colombia because we cannot forget if I ask you the question, especially Colombia, can you tell me in your own words what the prophecies are? Are they in your hearts engraved? Or have you too forgotten them? We must beg the Holy Spirit to brand in our hearts what he tells us. In 2014, the first prophecy to Colombia was this. And I sent this teaching tonight to everyone in the United States because I have it in English. I didn't send it to Colombia because we haven't had time to translate it. As soon as Father does it, he'll send it to, to Colombia. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Okay, this is the first prophecy. Colombia has been a chosen land of God. Destined to bring the light of God to the world. Colombia has been showered with heavenly graces, and therefore, Satan has also come to spread his darkness and lies. My Colombian people need to repent with tears of supplication. Yes. 
and the sacrifice of a contrite heart. My love crucified has now entered this country through the living sacrifice of my victim souls of love and reparation. I desire to raise up my army of victim souls in Colombia to pierce the darkness of Satan. Many of my Colombian people have fallen asleep and like a thief in the night, Satan has entered and planted his seeds of discord, sin and evil. I am now entrusting you the mission to raise up my army of victim souls for the future of this country selected by God to be the salt of the world is in danger. Do not be afraid to proclaim my love crucified as the way to conquer Colombia back to God. And the second message is this. My people have forsaken me with the idols of adultery, the occult, lust, and impurities of all kinds. God, in his infinite mercy, is granting the people of Colombia a certain amount of time to repent. They need to turn their eyes toward my love crucified. The Holy Spirit, through the power of my love crucified, will grant them the gift of self-knowledge to see with new eyes the darkness within them. Then, as they repent, I will come and raise them out of the pit of hell. It is the grace of my victim souls that God will use to bring many to this repentance of heart, mind, and soul. Love crucified is now to enter Colombia with the force of the Holy Spirit to help raise up my victims of love for the great battle has begun. It's important as I read this in light of what the Lord has given us, the demons of adultery, the occult, lust, and impurity are demons that our community must fight against, especially the mothers and missionaries of the cross in Colombia. And our prayer for the Colombian people now, after the Pope has left, must be for the grace of repentance. We must pray greatly for that grace for the Colombian people with the graces that have been poured upon them. So we have a great mission, my family. I ask all of you to, to take this to heart and to take the time to meet with your accompaniers and go through this homework with the person that is, is your accompaniment. And I send you my love and my blessing. And I thank you for all your prayers for all of us during, during this storm. God bless you.